feel me. This is a podcast here where I am discussing trending topics in the media um, from a helping professional's perspective. This is the very first episode, I am excited to say. Um, And for this episode, I decided to um, have a guest speaker here with me, Justin Mayweather's here. He's going to act as a client here and I'll be the counselor therapist. Um, With this episode, I really wanted to give you guys some insight into who I am and uh, my approach to therapy and some other things. Basically, just questions everyone should be asking their therapist um, to get to know them, to see if you guys are a good fit and and seeing if the uh, therapeutic relationship would be beneficial to the the both of you. So, um, like I said, I have a guest here with me. Justin Mayweather is going to ask me. Hello, uh, hello, hello. Thank you for being here. No problem. No problem. Let's do it. Okay. So uh, you're going to be the client and I'll be the counselor. And you just go ahead and ask me um, some questions. I think there's seven questions in total here. So you go ahead with the first one. Okay. So when it comes to therapy, how did you get into marriage and family therapy and why marriage and family therapy? That's a good question. (laughs) Um, No, but I think like all other therapists, it was because of my family, because of my upbringing um, and some of the decisions and behaviors I've seen in one of the first relationships that I was born into, my mom and my dad, you know, their relationship um, and how that unfolded. Different experiences as well. family members, their decisions. I have aunts and uncles who were, you know, heavily addicted to certain substances. And that was uh, intriguing for me as to how that could happen. And some didn't and some did. So just curiosity at the end of the day, wanting to know what made them make those choices. How did they get to this point in their lives? Um, Especially the relationship with my mom and dad. Um, my mom was actually my dad's mistress. And so she had three kids by a guy who had a whole nother family, you know, and just that mind state and what was going on for her there. So I basically grew up having no clue that I had siblings until I was about eight years old and having those blended families come together. And that was, that was interesting to say the least. I'm, I wouldn't change it for the world, but it definitely left me in a position where I had a lot of questions and I had no one to teach me uh, the answers to those questions. So um, that's why I went into it so that I can learn for myself what those relationships were like, how they were built, where they got to where they were, the thought processes behind that. Um, Just understanding myself and why I am the way I am, why I aspire to be who I want to be and and how I became the person I am. Um, And in doing so, I want to be able to help others to process and understand their journeys and, and heal from the unmet needs that they probably had as a child or those deep-rooted fears that stem from that foundational piece of um, those relationships that were initially uh, born into. So, yeah, that's why I chose marriage and family. Um, those are those, like I said, those foundational relationships that uh, tend to affect us throughout life. So, What do you, what is your... I guess, what are the type of approaches in therapy, if there is any? And if so, um, what are their types and uh, what is your approach? There's many different therapeutic approaches to therapy, theory-based approaches. Um, And so for me, I've always believed, I'm a big believer that everybody has a story. Everybody has uh, life events, situations, things that occurred throughout life that sort of made them who they are. And my goal and my approach to therapy 
is to understand that story, to be able to empathize and validate some of those experiences, um, joining in with that story so that I can be present and, and able to help to process and heal some of, some of that. Um, I, I think that we, we have a way of expressing our stories through our daily activities. And in saying that, we, we act out what happened to us throughout our life. It's like we've learned behaviors and coping skills and mechanisms and, and tools because of those experiences, because of our stories. There are certain life events that has happened that shaped us to be who we are. Some of those stories aren't, aren't so pretty. Some of them aren't so, so bright and nice. And sometimes we have to work around reframing those. And so my approach is providing that insight and that how to, to reframe those experiences in a way that works for you and not against you. Um, being a marriage and family, I think that there's a systemic portion to it as well. That is not just the individual that comes into the office that has the problem is definitely, um, important to touch on how that became a problem initially. And that's going through the system. We're all a part of relationships. We have, you know, brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, nieces, nephews, all of these pieces, school, work, coworkers play into what makes us who we are. And so by having that systemic approach and that storyline approach, it, it wraps everything into one and we're able to, um, to look at the big picture as opposed to just the bits and pieces um, that influence it. So, so some therapists are more comfortable addressing immediate problems, while others want to focus on a, on a deeper issue at hand. Uh, which which type of therapist are you? Are you the immediate problem solver or the deeper issue diver? Mm, good question. Um, I like to think that I'm a bit of both. So, I'm a believer in the fact that the problem is not necessarily the problem. So whatever the client's bringing to me isn't necessarily the 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 real problem. This is a symptom of the problem. Um, for example, if a couple comes in saying um, they need help with communication, uh, that's a big one. There, they always coming in with communication. When in fact, when you dig deeper in how because the, you there is different forms of communication. So they're communicating to one another. They're just not hearing each other. And so when we dig deeper and we find um, that their communication is, is failing, um, they're not hearing each other because they have unmet needs that they're not expressing to one another. They have deep-rooted fears that are playing out in the relationship. So addressing the immediate problem coming in with a crisis, I definitely want to address that because that's what you're bringing into the room, and I want to make sure that we're addressing that. But I also want to be able to unpeel some of those layers Hence the the um, the earth and my logo is digging deeper and, and peeling back some of those problems that you come in with, so we can get to the core of the issue and solve that. So when they come in, do you allow them to lead the session, or are you like you the therapist and they need to follow follow your lead? Well, even piggybacking off the last question, as far as what you bring into the room, I can only work with what you bring into the room. Me having my own agenda isn't necessarily beneficial to the relationship, beneficial to what you're asking me for, what you're asking of me. So I let the client lead with some redirection, so to speak. Uh, my role is to be, you know, supportive, uh, an advocate, um, um, validating all of those things to help to address what you brought in the room. 
I want to be able to point out certain patterns that I see, connections that I'm picking up on, um, parts and pieces that relate to the past that may be, you know, uh, even relevant in the present. And so I don't necessarily have an agenda. Um, but as sessions go and we start to build goals, I do kind of frame how the session works in my head as far as making sure that we're targeting some of the goals that you listed as far as wanting to work on. Um, so if you come in with depression and you're wanting to to work on uh, on that and that's your your mission and your, your goal is to to be able to manage that better or, or whatsoever, but you're depressed because of this relationship. So you come in with the relationship and we're talking about that, but I'm also connecting patterns and pieces and relating the past to the present and figuring out where this where this came from, where we can go, and how we can get there. Yeah. So what 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 roles do what role does our relationship play in our work? Our relationship, as far as our therapeutic relationship, is defined by the connection that we have, um, the relationship between the client and the counselor, which develops over time. So it's important for us to have a healthy therapeutic relationship. Because that allows the client, you in this case, to explore relational attachments and bonds and experiences through relationships with me or through the relationship with me. So I need us to have a really good relationship, a very strong therapeutic relationship in that you're comfortable in, in that you're comfortable and trusting enough to explore those things with me. Um, and so that's why it's important for us to have a healthy therapeutic relationship in order for that relationship to play a positive role in the work that we're doing. Well, that makes a lot of sense. A good relationship is uh, needed in a lot of things, especially something where people need help for sure. So um, you want to give up your superpowers as a therapist? You want to give your strengths up as a therapist? What are your strengths that we can know? Um, My strengths? Um. I would say my strength, res- strength, 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 whichever. I'm um, reading questions. <laughs> my strengths as a therapist would be one, my resiliency. I think that it's good for me to be able to model that. And so it's an important tool to have in your toolbox, so to speak. So resiliency is the ability to bounce back. Um, it's this sense of toughness that you have when the world is beating you up, the ability to stand back up again. Um, another strength that I have is my relatability. I feel that um, it's easy for me to empathize and understand and connect to others. And that's due to my own experiences. Um, another thing that I feel is a strength of mine is my genuineness, my ability to be real and authentic in every situation. I think that that speaks volumes in the fact that, you know, you get what you see with me and I, I don't have an agenda. I don't have any um any avenues or any tricks up my sleeve, so to speak, as far as um, what I'm bringing uh, to the relationship. So those are my strengths. I'm very resilient, relatable, and a very genuine person. I think that that's needed for for a therapist. But have you been to therapy yourself, being that you are a therapist? Have you gone through the process of being on the other side as a client? So can you give both views for that? Or are you just a therapist that just noticed stuff? Hmm. That's a good question, too. And I've actually have had my own sessions. Uh, It took me a minute to get there. I was very hesitant at first, just 
because of my background, my upbringing, my cultural experiences and thinking that, um, you know, reaching out for help was a sign of weakness or what we discussed in this house stays in this house. And, you know, spirituality is the way to go to solve your problems. So I was raised with those thoughts and being that I wanted to be in the helping profession, I definitely had to see it from that side. Um, and even while I was in school, we had, you know, sessions and, um, um, classes where I had to, uh, open up to, to classmates. And that was really helpful. But when I did have my own, my own personal counselor, it was very, uh, insightful. And I definitely do still engage in, will reach out for help when I need it. I think that that's a very strong, um, characteristics as, as a therapist. That was very insightful. That was definitely let us know, uh, what we need to, to have as a therapist and a counselor and, is there anything else you got going on, though? Is there any other type of therapy or, or counseling that you, uh, services that you do give out besides just family and uh, marriage? Well, I, I don't tend to limit myself in any of those areas. I think that those areas I specialize in because it's something I'm really passionate about as far as children, those foundational relationships, as far as couples are concerned. And that's why I tend to focus there because when children are born into those relationships that are unhealthy, you know, they, they have no option, but to, to form, um, to form beliefs and patterns that are consistent with what they see. And so it's important for me to change that couple dynamic relationship in order to influence the, the younger generations and to be able to pass that stuff down. Um, so I think all of my work is sort of related in, in and of itself. I definitely want to get it more into, um, um, going into schools and teaching children and, and other adults as well about, you know, the adverse childhood effects, experiences, those studies that are out there. Um, other avenues as far as just addiction, that's a very strong passion of mine. I'm actually in the process of being certified as a um, advanced alcohol and drug abuse counselor. So I do have some different avenues and I feel like they're all related in, in, um, in the way as far as some of the relationships that we're in forces us to have negative coping skills and we tend to turn to substance abuse to, to help cope with some of those relationships. So um, those are just some of my interests. I mean, definitely checking out the website. You can go to corecounselingcenter.org and check out um, exactly what I'm doing um, as far as uh, events coming up, um, groups and things like that being offered. Um, I'm trying to think if I have anything coming up pretty soon. I don't think so. But yeah, yeah, I'm definitely interested in, in just working more in my community and, and trying to rebuild it. That's a, that's a passion of mine as well. When you say community, what, what community are you speaking of? Well, I was fortunate enough to grow up in a few different communities. And so when I say as far as reaching back and thinking of a certain community, I want to definitely serve the portion of the community that's underserved, the underprivileged, the individuals who don't necessarily have access to this type of information easily, um, the individuals who can't afford to assess the, to access the services, um, even if they did have uh, the knowledge of knowing that they were there. Um, so those are the communities that I'm, I'm really passionate about and just uplifting those individuals who came from where I came from, you know, when I was from birth to about 12 years old, you know, and, and having to endure some of the things that I've 
had to at that time and wishing that I had someone like me to step in and to tell me that, um, just validating some of the experiences and emotions and, you know, creating that safe environment to be able to express and explore those things. Um, and a lot of people, like I said, they don't have those secure bonds, those, uh, secure attachments to other individuals in their life. And if I could be the one person to provide one positive relationship in that person's life, then I felt like I've completed my mission in, in, in doing that. I think I got uh, just probably one more question for you, although this is your podcast. This is not my podcast, <laughs> y'all. To, to be totally clear, Can you tell? this is her podcast. <laughs> She's just trying to make sure y'all know who she is for the future podcast, so y'all just be better in tune with her and have a better rapport with her as a person. I think my last question was about the success and failure of a of a client, if there's even such thing in that. I have never been there. Well, you know, I had got this counselor in high school and stuff. They mm-hmm. said I was kind of tripping, but I wasn't really tripping. I'm really a cool person, but we gonna have to get off that. <laughs> and um, <laughs> but no. So like, let's say we have a, a couple that comes and they seem to be very open and willing to do the things you suggest, and they're showing progress. Uh-huh. Do you ever come to a point where I feel like you guys don't need me? And then on the reverse side, if right. you have a client or. Uh, you know, a couple come in where they may be even be responsible, but what you saying or or the tactics or something. Well, let me I... interrupt you just for a second because I really want to touch on the first thing that you asked before I uh, get sidetracked into the second thing. But initially when, when I'm seeing someone, they determine what's successful in the session. Mm. It's not my uh, role to place that as a... Um, we're making progress or we're not, or we're moving forward or we're not. It's definitely the client's perspective of how they're feeling and what they want from the session. So if a couple was to come in and they're, they're making progress, they've set goals with me. I'm constantly checking in with them to make, to make sure that I'm on their path of what they want to see happen out of the, out of the therapeutic relationship and checking in with them to the fact of, okay, well, we've accomplished two of the goals that you've set. So where are we going from here? Do you feel like you still need to see me on a weekly basis? Can we go down to, you know, every other week? Are you still comfortable meeting, you know, twice a week? So definitely checking in with them and making sure that um, they're getting their needs met. But the ultimate goal is for me to not be there anymore, you know, for them to be able to handle those situations on their own and checking in with me periodically just to make sure, you know, things are... mm, on a steady flow or if something was to come up and they needed me, then I'll definitely be available for that. But the goal is for me to provide you with the tools and the techniques for you to be able to accomplish the tasks that you're accomplishing here in the office in the comfort of your own home. Well, that makes a lot of sense. I guess that kind of almost, I mean, I basically answered the other question because it's basically reverse if mm-hmm. things not going so well. I don't want to say not going so well, right? Mm-hmm. Like just, well, that goes, too, with how the therapeutic relationship works. My cup of tea is not everybody else's cup of tea, right. you know? And so what I bring to the table and my personality is not going to mesh with everybody, and that's okay with me. That's that's okay for the individual to be able to express that to me. I would want to know. In fact, during my first session, I always ask, are you comfortable moving forward with, with me as your therapist? And so that they have the opportunity to say, well, you know, you know, this first session was kind of okay. I don't, you know, I don't really feel like we vibe and connect that well. And that's fine. You know, that's, 
not my role to make sure that you're getting help from me. I could probably make that referral for you or, you know, see what else is in the area that might be more fitting or suitable for you as an individual. And that's exactly what I was going to get to, too. Like, is there any, you know, type of recommendations or something? If it is, if it's not with you, would you give them other alternatives with you? Yeah. Just said you. Definitely, definitely. Because I think, like I said, everybody's not for everyone. And just because I can't be the one to help them, I'm not a superhero. I won't be able to help everybody in the world. But there's somebody out there that might be able to. Oh, that's good. I mean, that's, I think that's pretty much wrapped up a a good portion of the things I was thinking about. So, I mean, on my end, I I definitely, um, I got a lot of information that I. So you would come see me as a a client? Is that what you're saying? I mean, you know. (laughs) I'll let you know if you my cup of tea after the first one. That's that's the rule, right? That's so that's what I So yeah, I definitely come see you. Have mm-hmm. some tea and coffee and go from there. Yeah, maybe another class next time, maybe. Mm. Well, thank you so much for being a part of this podcast no and being interactive me. with me. I do appreciate that. And yeah, hopefully I this do. was very informative. And please like, share, and comment. So that concludes this episode of Talks with Tea. Do you feel me? Mm-hmm.